0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 294 of the AMPM podcast. On today's episode, we have Manny Coates, one of the original co-founders of Helium 10. We're going to be talking about some of the origin stories, how it got going, how it changed a bunch of lives and what he's up to today. And in fact, When he tells you what he's doing now, and you take that information and you apply it to the Amazon business, it's going to completely revolutionize how you launch products and rank products on Amazon, I believe. So stay tuned. This is going to be a jam packed, information full episode. Hey there, everybody. A new voice here on the AM PM podcast. Maybe you recognize my voice from the freedom ticket, from some of the talks I've done at conventions all over the world or different podcasts I've been on. My name is Kevin King and I'm your new host of the AM PM podcast. You know, Manny Coates began this podcast back in 2015 and did it a great job for about three years before he exited Helium 10. And then Tim Jordan for the last couple of years, has carried the torch and done an awesome job, brought on some really good guests and had some amazing content. I've always been listening to it and every week look forward to seeing what he had next. And now it's it's my turn. So at least for the next while, I'll be hosting this. As long as you guys are subscribing and liking it and downloading it, we'll keep marching this thing forward. I'm going to be bring a little bit of a different twist to it. I'm bring on some amazing guests. We're going to talk about a lot of things Amazon, a lot of things e-commerce, a lot of cutting edge stuff. And as most of you know, I'm a no BS guy. So When our guests come on, there's going to be no corporate fluff, no beating around the bush. We're going to tell it like it is. So it's going to be awesome. I'm excited to be here, and I'm looking forward to delivering some amazing value and some awesome entertainment for everybody. We'll have a new episode every single week. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform where you listen to, and make sure you don't miss a single episode. Today's episode is going to be awesome.
1: Welcome to the AMPM podcast, where we explore opportunities
0: in e commerce, we dream big, and we discover what's working right now. Plus, this is the podcast where money never sleeps. Are you ready for today's episode? I said, Are you ready? Let's do this. Here's your host, Kevin King. Manny Coates, how are you doing, man? Long time, no here for most of this audience. I know. I'm excellent. How are you doing? Where are we? Uh, where are we? I know it's kind of like a deja vu here, isn't it? It is. It's like, uh, how does it feel to be a guest on the podcast that you created? I think it's full circle. It's awesome.
1: I remember, you know, when we started, <laughs> like, it was like pulling teeth to try to get you to come on the podcast. You said, I don't want to talk to people. I, this is my stuff, my knowledge. And then look at you here. You're actually hosting it now. <laughs> Who would have ever thought? If I told you this back in the day, you would have been like, you're crazy.
0: I know. So those of you that don't know who Manny Coates is, Manny is the uh, one of the co-founders of Helium 10. And he started this podcast, I think it was like in 2015. And he was just documenting his journey. Back then, there wasn't a Helium 10. And I think I I found it because that's when I was starting to sell as a third-party seller. And I was just like thirsting for knowledge. And I was just like any podcast I could find. And I found Manny's and it was like, uh, this is refreshing. This is a guy like telling it like it is, you know, and he's documenting and this is what my sales are. This is what I did. So I think I picked it up on about episode seven or so. And the podcast evolved over time as Manny documented his journey, starting Helium 10. And then he got so busy that he he couldn't do the podcast anymore in 2018, I guess. And and uh then it kind of switched over to a different podcast that Bradley's doing now, Serious Sellers. And then uh, AMPM was brought back with Tim Jordan. Tim hosted it for a couple of years and did a great job. And now here I am hosting it. And I have the original creator of the podcast right here. Yeah, you know, Manny, I remember uh, that time when uh you called, I think it was... Uh, How this all started, people always ask, someone asked me today earlier, like, how did you actually get into this, this business or how'd you get into like teaching and speaking? And it's all your fault. (laughs) You're the reason that (laughs) that I did it It because I remember in like the spring of 2016, I think it was your podcast still pretty young. And you had a, you started a Facebook group and there I was, some people were posting in there and uh, I didn't like what someone were posting because I just felt that that's not the truth. Uh, They're posting, you know, this is how you, you do a landing page or this is how you mark. I forget exactly what it was.
1: what it was? I remember. Do you? I remember. What was it? What was yes. it? Yes. So, so you were in a group, and I don't remember what Facebook group it was. And people were talking. I mean, everybody kind of parrots and repeats the same thing. And it's like, okay, I know this. I know this. I know that. And then there was this one dude, Kevin King. Right, had a picture of a dog for his uh, his profile picture, and 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 you responded. <laughs> It was about posting Spanish words. Remember that? You were posting Spanish words to drive some extra traffic. And I thought that, I wonder if that really works. And I remember that was really cool. And then from there, I don't remember the full details, but I remember we started talking and, and I was like, man, this guy's got a lot of information, a lot of knowledge. You know, there's finally somebody refreshing that's just talking about all kinds of new stuff. And then I, I mean, you did not want to do it, but after talking quite a bit, we got you on the podcast. And I think even then you were like, man, this is going to be an afterthought. I think you were in your garage, like packing boxes or something with,
0: with, your, with so, your phone yeah.
1: sitting on a box or something. Cause it was so bad, the audio, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but the content was yeah, good. The
1: content was great.
0: Yeah, that that was that was uh, I remember. Uh, yeah, it was kind of an afterthought, and we just recorded it, and then it, it came out, and then like boom, all of a sudden I started uh, uh, getting all these calls from other people who want me to go on their podcast, and that's just kind of what started, and that just evolved into uh, me speaking at a lot of events, and then we hooked up. Uh, you know, I've never some people think I'm part of Helium Ten or I own part of it or something, but that's never been the case. I've just uh, been uh, friends with you and, and Guy when y'all first started it, and uh, we did some stuff together. We started what uh, back then. With was called the Illuminati Mastermind. It's now called Helium Ten Elite, and we started that as a like a little mastermind group. The, the three of us, and I think you guys were on it for like the first uh, few months, and then uh, Helium Ten just started a, on a rocket ship climb. And you guys got so busy that you just had to like step away from that and just focus on uh, growing Helium Ten. And I just kind of took that over and. uh it's kind of evolved to this day.
1: Yeah. And still to this day, some of the my, my favorite trips, you know, and, and events and doing stuff were those those actual work events, right? Going out to Hawaii or going out to Mexico and and doing that stuff. It was super fun because you get to hang out with your friends. You get to hang out with people that you're hoping to change their lives for the better. And at the same time you're you're doing this crazy fun stuff. So you guys took
0: you grew helium ten. What do you think was the success to actually getting? I mean, helium ten today is like it's gone way even beyond. You guys took it to a high level, and now it's even like gone even crazy. I think something you know the valuation of Assembly, the company that uh, bought helium ten, they they've aggregated a few other companies into that's like over a billion dollars now mm-hmm. uh, as as the valuation. What do you think was the the key to your success? Is it right time, right place, or is it because the way y'all did it, or what do you think made helium ten? what it was. It was hustle,
1: hustle. No, but that there was a lot of things. Um, hustle was one of them, right? Grinding like crazy where everybody else that I knew had, you know, just regular eight hour days, we were putting in 18, 20 hour days, nonstop seven days a week. So we were able to compress the learning curve and and the testing and everything we were doing down to much smaller time groups. So instead of it taking six months to figure out something, we worked so much, we could, we could actually test things out in 30 or 60 days. And I think that timing was pretty good. Like the market was, I mean, it wasn't new. There was already tools out there. There was already podcasts out there but we did things differently. Like there's no tool out there that actually had everything in one place, right? So if you, and I remember that because that was frustrating. like, well, I want a ranking tool. I got to go over here. And if I want to go get a keyword tool, I got to go over here. And if I want to do keyword research, I got to go get that over here or whatever it was, right? So we had to do that. Uh, that jumping around and we thought, what if we can actually put everything under one roof, right? And what if we could have a podcast and the podcast actually came first, but what if we could have a podcast that actually spit out the truth instead of what everybody wanted to hear, which is, oh, it's easy to become a millionaire, which it, it's not, right? You gotta, there's a lot of things you gotta do to get there. And so I think by putting it all together, Having the right team, Guillermo, um, as uh, the co-founder was perfect. Meeting you early on, right? And getting the training going and all the things that we did. I think it just all came together. I don't know. It's just one of those weird things. Like trying to replicate that again, if we would have went back in time, would have been difficult because everything just kind of fit perfectly, I thought.
0: You think part of it was actually... uh Partnerships too. You were able to partner well and, and do, do some stuff well because I remember the first time, uh, when you came out to, to Austin, uh, the first time we met in person, you know, I did the podcast and we talked by chat or by phone. And then you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm making a trip out. I got a business meeting in, uh, in Austin. Uh, which is where I'm based. And you came out to to visit some guys here. And on that trip, uh, we have an interesting story. You might be able to tell a little bit about that as well. But do you think those partnerships were part of the key to the success? Yeah, I I think
1: everything it's, I mean, I've been asked this question before and it's difficult to pin, you know, pin it down to one thing, getting on stage and speaking, right. And you become kind of Insta famous in the space that opens up a lot of doors. Having the podcast actually opened a lot of doors to where, You know, if if you have a podcast and you reach out to somebody that normally wouldn't talk to normal, regular, who knows, you know, who they are kind of thing. If you have a podcast, they're like, oh, yeah, I want to get on your podcast. And then you can have a conversation with them. And then maybe you can structure something out of that. So there was just so many different things. Like I said, meeting you was was a big thing because eventually you ended up doing all the training for helium 10 that became so popular. The podcast that we did, I think was something that jump started a lot. I think that podcast episode got forwarded around so much and people are like, you gotta listen to this. This stuff is good. And so people started paying attention because you're kind of a, a no BS guy. I'm a no BS guy. We just kind of put it out there. Those things were good. I think pricing was also important for what we were doing, right? Keep it affordable. We weren't greedy. We one of the things that we ever did or one of the best things I think we ever did was that We had a money back guarantee where a lot of companies didn't. So when we were doing it, it's like if there's anybody at any point ever that's unhappy with, you know, what we're doing, our service, whatever, let us know. We don't want there to be an unhappy person and we give them their money back. So I think that helped that there were, you just didn't have people that said anything bad about us because we were just, you know, we're delivering. We're making sure everybody was good.
0: And that first time that we met, we got to tell that little story because <laughs> a lot of people haven't heard this story. So, so Manny calls me, I think it was like June or July or something of 2016 says, Hey, I, I'm coming out to Austin. You're going to be around. I got some business meetings. I'm like, yeah, I I'll, I'll be here. I'll pick you up from the airport. And he's like, well, you know, don't worry. You know, I got it covered. I'd take an Uber or something. I'm like, no, no, I'll come get you. We'll go eat some barbecue and uh, it'll be a good time. And so I think you reluctantly finally agreed to that. And, uh, I picked up Manny. We went out and ate some barbecue. And then uh, we decided, Hey, you know, I'm going back to my, my house. Uh, and so you, you're welcome to stay here tonight. And, you know, your bu- guillermo was coming in, I think the next day to, for these business meetings. And, uh, you're like, all right, cool. You know, I'll stay here. And then we opened up a bottle of whiskey or something, I think, and drank a little bit of that. And then we decided to head, head into town and meet a, another friend of yours. And we had a, a night out uh, where there was beers and. And alcohol and all kinds of stuff, uh, good food. Uh, you ended up, uh, w- we both ended up a little bit uh, liquored up, I think about four o'clock in the morning and, and come back and uh, crash. Because I'm not a drinker. But then the next yeah, and you you
1: were literally <laughs> hey, popping. <doll. laughs> boom, 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 boom. I'm like, you know, I'm like, all right,
0: I'll have a drink here. I'll have a drink here.
1: We went to like nine different places. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we were like walking around in the hot summer heat of Austin. Just it was, you know, our backs were soaked in sweat. It was just one of those nights. But I, I'll let you tell the story from no, there no, after, after we came back. You're doing great. <laughs> Please, go you're go <laughs> go you remember better than I do. Trust me. <laughs> so uh, we go out that night. I think you, I think you, we went to a restaurant about four in the morning. And and uh, you were talking to the police. You know, sitting next to us eating some pancakes or something. And we we're like, "Manny, it's okay. It's okay." So we get back, and Manny just crashes. Just crashes, and then the, the next day he was supposed to meet uh, Guillermo for for these business meetings uh, at the hotel where they're going to stay the rest of the trip. And what had happened is Manny had basically passed out. We, you know, we went to bed at four or five in the morning or something. And you know, this was like noon. Turns out that uh, Manny's girlfriend was was trying to find him, and he wasn't responding. And so she was starting to freak out. So she calls uh, Guillermo, who was driving in at that point from uh, Houston. Said, "Have you heard from Manny?" He's like, "No, I haven't for, heard from Manny." And she's like, "Well, I don't. He went to." Out there and this guy that we don't know it has a dog as his profile picture. Uh, we don't even know what the guy looks like. He picked, picked him up. We don't have, I haven't heard from him. I, I wonder if he's kidnapped. I wonder if he's like bound and gagged and stuck in a basement somewhere. <laughs> and so Guillermo starts freaking out and somehow Guillermo figured out where I live. I don't remember exactly how that was. And I just remember Guillermo coming to my door, knocking on the front door, bang, 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 bang. I opened it up and I never met Guillermo before either, but I, I think I'd seen a picture or something. So I was like, hey, he's like, hey, Manny here? Uh, and then Manny comes about that time stumbling out, you know, all hung over and like, hey, what's up? And it was an interesting, interesting time. Yeah,
1: that was funny. You you have those blackout shades in the room. So to me, it felt like it was still six in the morning, you know, but it was whatever it was, one, 2 p.m. because it was pitch black in there. But yeah, that was that was a fun trip. That was uh, that was exciting. They literally did think that something happened because you, you were kind of in the beginning. And back then, you didn't have much of a, an online presence. Like there were no pictures of you. Like nobody knew what you looked like. I mean, I did after I met you, but up until that point, it, you know, I didn't. And it was, yeah, they, they thought that I was in some kind of, I don't know, sex dungeon all
0: tied up or something. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy.
1: <laughs> so that was fun. Know, it is crazy. The good times, the beginning days. <laughs>
0: As the beginning days, then day, it became a tradition at every event. We would always do fireball shots. So it just evolved into a good friendship and a good business partnership. And then, then you guys just grew the thing and you decided, what made you decide to like, Hey, it's time to exit this. I remember you coming to me and saying, Hey, Kevin, what do you think if we? We sold this business like, I don't know, man. I've never, I've never done that before. I don't know anything about it. And I think it was Scott Dietz, actually, that came on the Illuminati, which is now Helium 10 Elite, and, and talked about selling your business. And I think that one, you might have been thinking about it before then, but that kind of like uh, rang some bells to you guys. You're know, like, wait a second. And then you went out to a war room event and like, uh, learned a bunch of stuff there to how to build the business the right way. And then you guys decided, Hey, maybe it's, it's time to exit. What, what led you to that, that process?
1: Yeah. I mean, we had, our, at this point we were, we had really built up a solid team. Um, you know, Boyan was now at this point was leading the tech team. It was solid. It was awesome. And it was getting to a point where it was just growing. It was quite big. It was, and the next point for us was going to be to build this thing to IPO. So the We were already, we had already been working on the company now for, you know, over half a decade and and putting in crazy, crazy hours. And it got to the point where this was going to be the next step. And it was going to be, uh, maybe it's going to be outside of our, you know, our comfort zone in terms of what we've done, the whole IPO and building on that, that kind of thing. And we had already put in a lot of time. Like I said, we were putting in double shifts essentially. So even though it was five, six years into this, we were, you know, to us, it it felt like it had been a decade. And the valuation was now at a point in the company that it made sense that if hey if we were going to exit you know this would be a a very 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 exciting nice day for us right and and we would be done and we could do whatever we wanted and and yeah we just talked about it and and it you know when an offer came in that made sense we we discussed it said yeah and uh, and moved on and that was in 2019 and it was it's funny because it happened in 2019 I'm like all right cool I've been. Busting my ass like crazy, so much that I'm I'm ready to go travel the world and do all the stuff that I've been doing because I've been working nonstop. And then COVID hits, boom, and just shuts the world down. And we're like, man, I can't <laughs> do anything now. I got you know I I got paid really nicely, and here I am in my apartment stuck. So yeah, that was uh, that was bad timing, I guess in that respect. But yeah, we we were super happy with it.
0: So did y'all go out and actually deliberately try to sell it, or were people knocking on your door and you just took uh, what looked like the best offer, or what? were people coming to you then, because you guys weren't taking anything, hardly any out. I know you and Guillermo were just like dumping all the profits back in. Y'all were like spending crazy on Facebook ads and just, just really focusing on building this business up uh, yeah. and, and taking very little as a salary or anything out. You know, you weren't out there spending crazy money uh, or anything like a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, so were people knocking at your door yeah. or did y'all go out and hustle it? No, a lot. Yeah. So towards the
1: end, when we were already at this point, when we were starting to talk to different companies, it was just kind of like in the beginning, Beginning, there was hardly anything, and then suddenly, boom! It was company after company, venture capital firm. Like it, it was just nonstop companies coming after us, saying, "We want to acquire you. We want to talk to you. We want to." Be. And the numbers were crazy. Like we didn't sell to the highest, that the number, the biggest number. We wanted to make sure that whoever was going to come in and was going to acquire the company was going to continue the vision. Um, everybody that was the company would uh, would be treated well. It was going to, it was actually going to be something that continued to build up into something humongous, and it has, right? So about like you said, the valuation of of the enterprise now that owns Helium ten is is north of a billion dollars, and um, and then hopefully the IPO, and and it'll it's a it's a like, it's a really cool cool thing to say. You know, we started something like hopefully it'll you know let's say it's it's public, and we're like you see that company right there. We started that thing when you know we were you know, uh, we could barely rub two nickels together because we were pouring everything back into the company and, you know, and just not traveling and not spending and being really thrifty with everything we did and guerrilla marketing. And like, we were really watching every dollar to get there. And we never took, I don't know if you know this, but we never took any venture capital to build up the company. So when we exited, we owned a hundred percent of the company, which was fantastic.
0: Yeah. That, that's awesome. I mean, like you said, you didn't go with the highest bidder. You went with Assembly, but Assembly was a new company, weren't they, at that time? They had just kind of formed to kind of do this. Is, am I correct in that? Sort
1: of, yeah. I mean, they, we interviewed a lot of companies. A lot of companies interviewed us. I guess it goes both ways. And um, we felt really comfortable with Assembly and uh, the management there. And yeah, ultimately, we thought that's the company that we chose to go with.
0: Cool. So, so you built this company up. This is not your first rodeo. I mean, you've been an entrepreneur your entire life. I mean, I think going back into the late 1990s, uh, you had a, what, the twisted humor website, which is like a, a comedy website. And then you went into from there into to, to doing, uh, uh, some CD ROM type of, uh, security stuff. And then you went into there to, to the gaming industry and that kind of evolved into selling on Amazon and, and then building up helium 10. So you've been doing this software business and this, this, this tech stuff since the early days. Uh, That's correct, right?
1: Yeah, I was in the internet in 99 and went through the whole dot-com stuff, got into the uh, mobile gaming space uh, after that. Or actually, we were doing PC software um, before that. Um, Yeah, then the mobile gaming space. And then from there, we got into uh, the Amazon space, Helium 10. And and then also during that time, crypto was starting up pretty good. And yeah, um, we're always trying to jump into new technology. It's super fun.
0: When you exited Helium 10, like you said, you wanted to travel, uh, but that boom, here came uh, COVID and you couldn't really do much. So what did you start doing? I mean, were you just sitting around the pool drinking margaritas all day or what What were you doing during that those couple of years if you couldn't travel? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, the pool was definitely closed, <laughs> but we, yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, we had a very nice payday and, you know, I'm at home a lot. And so I was like, well, what do I want to get into that would be really interesting and exciting? So I started looking into the investment side of things, right? Like, what am I going to do with the money? I don't want it to just sit there. So I got into venture capital. I started really looking to startups, right? Because we were a startup. We went through that whole process. And I thought it would be interesting to go in and review the decks that people uh, have for, you know, whatever their, their pitch deck for whatever it is that they're trying to raise for. And then eventually, I found uh, syndicates, and I found just different ways of speeding up the processes and funds and things. And um, ultimately, long story short, over the course of uh, about a year, I ended up investing in a couple hundred companies. Um, so that became it was fun. I'd wake up every morning, I'd go through you know a ton of different deals, I'd see what made sense, and I would invest anywhere from two thousand dollars to. You know, a hundred thousand dollars, depending on on the deal. Most of them were were relatively small in the beginning, and then over the course of uh, well, between then and now, um, I've invested in over six hundred companies, and I've I've invested you know large, much larger amounts into into companies than I did back in the day. And it's funny because I can look back at some of those deals back in twenty nineteen, the very small deals. I had, like one of the biggest the biggest successes I have is where I invested like three grand and it's worth something like 240 grand or something like that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So to me, that was super fun. I now have a network of syndicates. Um, I have a a network of venture capital firms and and, uh, VC guys. They're now sending me deals that are um, handpicked because I was just getting too many, too too much deal flow. I just didn't have time to go through everything. So now I'm just like, hey, just wait until you have something that you think is going to be the next unicorn. You know, I know you get ten deals a month or whatever. Only send me the one that you think is the best. So now I can take it easy a little bit, look at those, decide if I want to invest, and then I'll put a larger check into those. That's why I'm saying now I'm putting in bigger checks than I did in the beginning because the deal flow has slowed down. But I'm actually investing bigger amounts into the better deals. So and it's cool. I it's I love it. It's
0: fantastic. And At the same time, you were dabbling a little bit in crypto because I remember you—you you telling me, Kevin, you got to take a look at the, you know, a few different coins that you were looking at and a few different things. Yeah. and And, say, say, so you're dabbling a little bit there, um, uh, as well, right? Yeah, not not
1: crazy amounts. Um, I I was already in. Uh, I'm I've been in Bitcoin now for for like seven years. I've been in it for a while. Um, so Bitcoin, I kept accumulating. I was dollar cost averaging, so you know, well, I don't remember what the time frame was, but every month I think I would be putting a little bit of money in. Um, and then there were some other alt coins, I guess, that I was getting into that I felt would be interesting. Uh, they would have some some potential. And sure enough, some of those like really took off, you know, like 10,000 X. And so I still hold those, you know, I was able to take out a lot of profits on those. Um, but for the most part, um, I stick to uh, probably three different cryptos, not including Ethereum, which I use, you know, for for the NFT space, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at.
0: So, this has kind of evolved into something that you're you're doing right now that I want to talk about that I think is really freaking awesome and it's something that I think a lot of Amazon sellers need to pay attention to. And I know at at the beginning, when you started this project, we're about to start talk about, uh, you didn't actually want to mix the two worlds, but when you, you kept pushing me a little bit, Kevin, Hey, you should take a look at this. You know, I remember we had dinner, uh, back in uh, January and you were talking about, Hey, I'm working on this new project. And I was just like, yeah, I just, I just don't get it. You know, I, I just, I just, I don't understand it. But then I started looking into it a little bit more in March of this year for one of the companies that we're doing on Amazon. And as a lot of people know on Amazon, it's becoming more and more difficult to launch a product. And one of the things is you got to build communities of loyal followers. And, you know, people are using Facebook ads or they're using the search find buy and all that stuff. And Amazon has cut a lot of that away uh, now and made it much, much more difficult to do that. And so I started taking a look at, you know, seeing what you were doing. I joined, a, you, you had a Discord group for this project you were doing. And I, I look in there and I, I spent a little bit of time with it. And I was like, I talked to my partners on this Amazon company that we're doing. We're doing stuff in the sustainable field. So we're doing stuff with, with, uh, products out of sustainable things. So, you know, taking bottles out of the ocean or the rivers and, and converting that to to materials to actually make life jackets for dogs and and plastic bags and all kinds of different things. And we already have a few of those products launched up on, on Amazon already, but it's becoming harder. They're very competitive niches. And so it's becoming harder to actually compete and to launch those. And so when I, when I saw what you were doing, I was like, you know what, wait a second, maybe... We should take a look at this crypto space and actually at at a concept called NFTs. And maybe there's a way we can actually tie these NFTs into building a community that has some value that can then help launch products on Amazon. And then people on Amazon find out about this community and they come and join that community and there's rewards and there's a whole cycle there and a whole flywheel. And so we started investigating it and we said, holy cow, we can do something really cool here. And as we started to dive deeper into it, we're like, this is amazing. And I'm going to be talking about this at the upcoming billion dollar seller summit in August. And I'm going to be talking about it at, at sale and scale, the Helium 10 event happening in September in detail. And I think this is revolutionary in how Amazon sellers, uh, if you do this right, there's a lot of different applications to the NFT space. Uh, but if you, if you do it in the way that we're doing, I think it can can do huge for your business and building brands and launching products. And I'm super hot on it right now. And one of the things I'm doing is, is I know Manny and Guillermo are successful with pretty much everything they touch. And so I'm like, I'm following what they're doing right now. And they, they launched a product in the NFT space, uh, called the bulls and apes project. And I'll let Manny talk about it, but you know, after a while, after, like Manny said, they retire, they're doing some investing, but sometimes you get bored and you're looking for what's that next thing. And and they didn't really want to start and work these, you know, huge days again. I don't think, you know, two two shifts and all that, but they said, Hey, there's this new space. You know, we kind of disrupted the Amazon space back when we started Helium 10. There's this new space where there's a lot of issues in the space and there's a lot of there's some good things and there's a lot of bad things what if we came into this and revolutionized that space and that's the project you're working on now and if you can talk about that and, and tell the audience a little bit about that that, that would be great yeah
1: a, a little background uh, we mentioned it earlier you know i was in web one got uh, worked through that got through web two all the really cool tech with web two right that everybody is used to today and now we have what's 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 called web three and the nft space which is now part of web 3 and the de- you know decentralization of everything and and eventually all of us being in the metaverse right was super exciting to me because i was part of all these little tech- technological jumps right and even including mobile gaming because before mobile gaming it was you know it was crazy like everybody now is using their phones uh, for everything so what we decided to do um is get into an nft project and a, a generative one where there's ten thousand. um actual nfts in a collection and think of it kind of like baseball cards or any kind of collectible where you have ten thousand unique pieces and people can actually go in and they they can collect these things um but we wanted to do something different we thought well how do we leverage our background what we're good at to actually do something cool because we it's not it wasn't a money play you know venture capital it is way easier, and at least in my opinion, uh, way less time than getting into the NFT space. For us, it was more of a legacy thing. Uh, Guy and I talked about it. And we thought this space right now is full of so many holes and so many scammers and so many problems that what if we could actually create something that becomes kind of like a, like a benchmark, something that uh, other projects... Uh, try to achieve so that two years from now we can look back and say, "Hey, see how this is how the space is really cool right now." We were a part of that. We helped clean this up. We helped do this up. So, so one of the problems with the NFT space is that everybody—I uh, well, shouldn't say everybody, but almost everybody—when we started was anonymous. So, if you're investing in a project, you don't know who that person is. You don't know if they're, you know, a man, a woman, 50 years old, 15 years old. If they're in the U.S. Um, Or even if it's a real person at all or anything like that, right? So you're dealing with, you know, Skinny Puppy 12 or whatever the name is. And you're investing money into this stuff, right? You're putting money into their project. And they have all these these roadmaps and things that they say they're going to do and they promise. But then they end up doing what's called a rug pull. You know, they they make it look really cool. They do the most minimal amount of effort. They take all this money in, which is, you know, mostly Ethereum. So it's crypto that comes in. And that's anonymous as well. And then they disappear. The project dies and everybody loses and they move on to something else. And the person who owns that wallet can then cash out and, and go do stuff. So we thought, first of all, let's try to let, well, if we do our project, we're going to dox ourselves. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to announce who we are. We're going to have our LinkedIn profile. They can look us up. I mean, I'm all over the place, right? I'm in podcasts. I've talked about my entire life. I'm there. That's the first thing. And second of all, we thought, well we can pre-fund this whole thing, right? So a lot of companies, a lot of these people that are putting these projects together, they, they're creating these NFTs and they have to get to the mint date, which is, that's the date where everybody is actually buying these NFTs and all the money's coming in and it goes into a wallet, right? Like a MetaMask wallet, whatever, whatever wallet that you have set up. And then they have funds that they can use to like market the business and build the business. And it's, it's kind of reverse. It's, 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 It's the opposite of what you do in real life. Like if you're going to start a business, you go out and you secure funding, then you run your company, right? This is like, let's start this company and let's try to get the funding by getting to mint. And then by then, hopefully we have enough money if it mints out to do what we need. So we thought, let's skip that process. Let's make it so that we pre-fund the entire Company and the mint for the first couple of mints, so we don't need the money. And then when the money comes in, let's do something cool with it. Since we don't need it, what could we do that would change the space? And we thought, what if we reverse the risk for everybody? Right? What if we could get rid of the rug pulls? What if we can secure those funds that everybody's paying for their NFTs and put them up in a put them put them into a smart contract that locks them up so that we can do an Ethereum uh, money back guarantee. So essentially we're giving everybody six months. That's the way we set it up. Six months to evaluate what we're doing to see that we're delivering on our our roadmap and and what we're saying. And if you don't like it, you can come back within six months and you can click, you know, connect to our website with your wallet, click a button and you get your Ethereum back. And then the NFT you bought goes back to, to us and nobody in the space is doing this. So we're like, why aren't they doing it? Well, that's the reason You, you, it's the, the space is so young that there's not a lot of money or big companies coming in that are funding these things. So we started doing that. Um, then of course it took way longer than we thought to actually create all the art and get all the tech in place. And we were hoping to launch back in March and we didn't launch until the end of May. And uh, we started enter- entering into the, the, I don't know, the, a bear market, the crypto winter as we're going in as of today, right? The crypto market is in a, is, yeah. is a bloodbath. It's really, really bad. Right. And uh, so people are like, you shouldn't mint right now it's the 31st of the month. It's before payday. It's a bear market. Your price is too high. You have way too many mints. It, it was just like, everything was against us. And we're like, no, we're going to do it. And we launched. And um, yeah, we, we minted out. Um, you know, you got a lot of people, uh, luckily you got, you, you got the word out just in the nick of time. And we got a lot of uh, Amazonians that come in and, um, and, and get into the project, the Bulls and Apes project. It was, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the, uh, you know, I, I, like I told you earlier, I started looking into this a little bit more seriously in March and then in May, uh, we started ramping up. What we're doing, and then I, I saw that, uh, Manny was about to do his launch. And so he reached out and said, Hey, you know, if, if you know anybody in the Amazon space that might want to get involved in this, you know, we got just a few days left and I, I took a deep dive into their project and they're really doing it. To, totally different than anybody out there. There's a lore video, like this whole creative, like a comic book type of storyline. Uh, they've created these, all these, like you said, 10,000 different bulls. Uh, and later there's going to be, I think 10,000 different apes that are introduced. And these bulls are, they're like trading cards. They have, they have traits and, and, and you, it's almost like it's gamification. So it's not just buy an NFT and NFT and hope the price goes up, you know, like, uh, the board ape yacht club or something from last year there where people bought these things for a few hundred bucks. Uh, and now they're worth, you know, well, right now with ETH down, but they're worth two, $300,000 and, and, or more. Some people paid millions of dollars for them just for the right to do that. But it's so what Manny has done and Guillermo have done is, and, and their other partners has created not only something that should go up in value, but there's a gamification to it. And, you know, like my wife is super into the gamification and you got to match up these bulls to like, if you got, they got guilds. And so you have to have a North guild or a South guild, a East guild, West guild. It's kind of, kind of like villages. And. If you can collect two from the same, uh, guild or the same village, you can, you can mate them and you can create additional NFTs after a certain period of time, uh, along with, uh, something called meth, which you, you earn the longer you keep these bulls, the more of this, uh, like methane, uh, kind of like a, like a bonus, uh, thing that you earn that you can combine all this stuff together and you can create teenager bulls out of thin air, basically that could be worth money. So your initial investment. Might turn into who knows what because you can create all these additional NFTs out of it that are going to have value because they're rare and so there's all these different traits. It's it's kind of you know we would need like three podcasts to explain the <laughs> whole thing here. But but it, it, once you get your you know it took me a while but once I got my head around it, I'm like holy shit. Manny has taken everything he's learned in the past, you know, from his his days of running Web One stuff, you know, with the joke site and everything, to the software stuff, to the gaming uh, businesses that he and Guillermo did together, uh, to the SaaS business of Helium 10, and the way they they did the customer service, like he was talking about, you know, that that basically lifetime money back guarantee kind of thing that they had and, and applying that to this whole new industry and gamifying it. And just, and the artwork is amazing. There's a lot of crap artwork in the NFT space. you know, little stupid drawings and I'm like, who the hell's going to buy this shit? Um, but it, it's really, really cool. And the way that it's 3d, it's like, you know, it's like a Pixar movie or something, the way they've done it and then there's this whole gamification so you have this these worlds with these bulls and then you're going to have these worlds with these apes coming and who knows what's going to happen you know they they've got some ideas and it's going to be it's going to be very interesting so a lot of projects that come out will eventually
1: come out with tokens if they make it to that point if they don't die out and and sometimes it takes a year who knows sometimes most projects i would say 99% of projects never have it we wanted to make sure that we had tokens from the beginning. So we have the methane token, right? We got bulls. We thought it, uh, you know, the methane token would be kind of a fun play, but it's an ERC-20 token, just like an Ethereum token or or, or one of the many, many uh, tokens that are out there. So it'll have value at some point, right? Uh, We don't, it's part of our ecosystem. We don't know what the value will be. Um, They hit the market in about uh, two weeks um, on uh, July 1st. And by owning a bull, we set it up, uh, and we are very. We have to be very careful about how we do things because of S- SEC regulations. But by holding the bull, you're not staking it. By having these bulls in your wallet, you start generating these methane tokens, these ERC-20 tokens, every single day. Each bull generates 10 tokens per day, so 300 tokens per month. And then you're using those tokens to actually mint new characters like uh, Kevin was just mentioning. But what we thought was cool, and, he, and you just alluded to it a little bit here, we thought, okay. Even with all of this, even though you can create new characters that you can then either you can either keep them or because you can use them for even additional characters down the road, or you can sell them for uh, for profit, or you could do whatever you want. We thought, how do we make people live a better life? We call it live your best life, right? And so, holding one of these NFTs, right, that you just paid three, four hundred dollars for, it's kind of like your American Express Black Card. It's an entry. To our member, to our club, right? It's our inner circle, we call it. So you're part of the inner circle. You're part of this community. You're part of, you know, 2000 people that are now, uh, at least at this time, uh, at the time we're doing this podcast, part of this circle um, that you now can leverage for networking and for hanging out and for fun and for in real life events and all that kind of stuff. And as Kevin mentioned, one of the we have experts in various areas, and where I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty well versed is the venture capital side. So, um, I'm investing in 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 companies like I've invested in OpenSea, I've invested in MetaMask or the consensus, the company owns it. I've invested in SpaceX, over 600 different companies. Right? I can bring these deals now to the inner circle, okay? That they normally wouldn't be able to get. Even if you're an, a venture capital or angel investor, you can't get some of these deals unless you know either. One of the founders, or somebody that knows a founder, or, or you're, you're part of uh, some kind of venture fund that actually has access to it. So, you know, ninety nine point nine nine percent of people that can't get these, we're bringing these deals to them, or we're planning to bring these. We haven't. We just started this. I think the first deal is going to be happening here in the next few weeks, and uh, you have an opportunity to to invest in it if you're an accredited investor, right? You have to qualify for that with them. We're not the middlemen, by the way. We don't go in and try to you know get in the middle there. We say this is the deal my name's Manny. I put my money into this. I like it. I, you know, I think it's cool. Do your own research. And if you like it, go talk to this guy over here at this company and, um, you know, and, and they can set it up for you. So that's where we're at. Um, and it, so it's cool. So you have Kevin, you have all the the gamification that you were saying that your, your wife is in love with, right? that's amazing. You have the lore and the story. So we're trying to build things up so that we have IP. So, you know, we're going to have swag, clothing, maybe there's going to be film work. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. Then we have the tokens, So you're building stuff just by holding this. And then the metaverse is coming, right? The metaverse is coming. And when we're all in that metaverse, we plan to be there, wherever that's going to be. And you're going to have all these methane tokens. You called it meth, right? A lot of people call it meth. That's the short version, which is perfect. It's funny. Like, <laughs> don't take my meth. <laughs>
0: yeah, don't take my yeah. meth, man. It's <laughs> my meth. Go <Don't> get your <laughs> <trouble> own <laughs>
1: meth. Um, yeah. So we have, we have this. It's
0: my stash. This,
1: right. <laughs> so you have your meth, and then you'll be able to use that also in the metaverse to You know, depending where we're at, to like buy stuff there, whether it's property or character uh, augmentations or stuff like that. Because it sounds crazy to think, oh, we're not going to be in, in you know, in 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 the metaverse. That sounds silly. That's the same. Those are the same people that said that about Facebook when Facebook came out. Why would anybody spend so much time on Facebook? Nobody wants to know what everybody else is doing. Like, no, you know, it it was crazy. And now it's Twitter, and, and then you got all the social media, right, with TikTok and everything else. So it's super cool. This is just the first step. And yeah, we're excited. When the apes come out, they will be uh, synergistic with the bulls. And if you guys are curious, it's called the Bulls and Apes Project, bullsandapesproject.com. You can check it out. It's never too late. Um, it costs, actually, it's funny, uh, Kevin, I don't know if you did the math. I'm sure you did. You're, you're really good at this stuff. But it costs more in terms of US dollars to mint on mint day than it costs right now to go buy it on the secondary market at OpenSea because Ethereum, has come down so much in price that if you go and convert your dollars to Ethereum, it costs, I think it's like 300 bucks to buy one now, where it was like 450 on mint day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's because uh, Ethereum has, has fallen in price. And I think that's going to go back up. So that's the one of the beauty about you know, one of the reasons I didn't get involved in like buying in Bitcoin or buying in, uh, Ethereum or some of these other, uh, uh, altcoins is because it's, to me, it's almost like hedging against the pound or the dollar. I mean, the, to the yen or something. It's almost like currency exchange or you're betting on something going up. But the beauty about it, it's singular. But the beauty about NFTs and a project like what Manny's doing with the Bulls and Apes project is that not only does the NFT have value, but you get the you get the value and the fluctuations in the the underlying crypto below it too. So you could, you know, just like he you know, they have a money back guarantee. It's too late for that right now. But if you were on the, the first day and you got, uh, you, you meant it before they sold out, you would have a six month money back guarantee. So you could buy that for 0.17 ETH, which was roughly, like you said, $350, $400, somewhere in that range. If you were on the whitelist uh, and you bought it bought it before they sold out, that that value, just by holding it, you know, if Ethereum goes up and you just say, okay, I don't like what they're doing. I want the money back. If Ethereum doubles, They're not paying you back in dollars. They're paying you back in Ethereum. So right there, you could have made $700. So that's the beauty about NFTs is you got two different, you got the two different places where you can potentially make money on. That's one of the things I like. And you have the community and you have a lot of other things around it. And once you, you know, they say that right now this space is basically like the internet in the late eighties, early nineties, and it's moving at a very fast pace, you know, a, a month in. And the crypto world is like six months or a year in the real world or something. It's moving very fast, but it's in its infancy. And I think that, you know, if you take a look at what Manny's doing and what some other people are doing, there's a perfect place here for the Amazon community. And that's why we're talking about this here is if, if you want to just get dabble in it and you don't know what this is, you could go to his project, which I, I endorse and, and you could take a look at and see what they're doing. You could get involved. Maybe don't get involved. Um, and and, and go do your own research and go see out there and there's a lot of junk there's a lot of crap like you said there's a lot of scams but there's some really good stuff and the underlying technology of what you can do is amazing And if you take that and you apply it to the Amazon space that that we're all in here and for launching products and building community, forget the Facebook groups, forget the many chats, forget all that stuff. This is where I think the future is going. And, and I think every Amazon seller needs to set up and pay attention. At least, you know, you're all entrepreneurs, you're smart people. You're a lot of times on the cutting edge of things. Uh, and some of you have, uh, decent uh, uh, war chest to, to deal with. Some of your bigger sellers have been selling. You need to take a hard look at this because, in, like I said, at the Billion Dollar Seller Summit and at Selling Scale in, at, uh, at, in September in Vegas, the big Helium 10 event, I'm going to be showing you exactly how we are using this technology and NFTs and community building to launch products on Amazon and create this huge flywheel.
1: It sounds confusing right now, but so did the internet back in 98, 99, right? And, and before that, it was really confusing. Um, so, and most people didn't even know what it was at that time. So that's kind of where i are at right now. Most people don't know what NFTs are. They don't know what that stands for. They don't understand it. They think, why are you buying a picture, you know, of something when you can just right click and save it? And so there's this crazy confusion going on with how that all works. So this will all start to make more sense as time goes on and and people realize it. Same thing when I was talking about crypto back in 2015, 2016 to friends, you know, they just thought uh, you're crazy. Yeah, like it, it makes absolutely no sense. And now they have big bags of, of crypto. Right. So it's just a matter of time. You're very, 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 very early right now, even though people will say, oh, no, 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 that, you know, it's past, you know, But there's nobody in the space. That's an expert that's been in this space for more than two years. That's how early it is, right? Most people haven't even been in it a year. I've only been in it for like eight months. So yeah, it's, it's super early.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of up and downs, you know, right now at the time of this recording, crypto is crashing, you know. My dad sent me an article today. It says crypto millionaires, billionaires losing, uh, you know, 75% of their fortune or whatever. And like, you sure you want to do this? You know, this is a up and it, there's some up and downs, but the internet was the same way back in we were back in the late 90s, early 2000s. You know, there's the dot com bust. People the, you know, and there was a lot of scams and people are like, who's going to buy dog food over the internet? You know, pets.com yeah. and people uh, and, and look what came out of it. Google came out of it. You know, all these Amazon really emerged kind of weathered through The that. real companies uh, came out of it, right?
1: That's what happened.
0: Exactly. And th- that's what's going to happen now, too, in this space. And if you're early and especially applying it to your Amazon business, if you can learn the ins and outs by looking at Manning's project or other projects that are out there and learn the ins and outs and get yourself familiar with it, I think you're going to be in a really, really good position to really take your physical products business to the next level and just to just crush it. And you'll be early and you'll be a leader and it's going to add we've already talked to uh, you know the guy that helped uh, helped you guys when you did your exit Scott Dietz at Northbound you know we, we he's on our advisory committee for our company and, and he's like look you guys do this right you execute this right it's going to add so much valuation to your business that uh, it's going to be crazy we're already seeing it right now uh and he's like super stoked about uh, some of the stuff that we're doing and how it's going to really increase uh, the value and don't, you know, there's a lot of naysayers out there. Those are people, a lot of those are people that, uh, you know, they might've got scammed because there are a lot of scams in the space, or they might be people that that uh, just don't understand it fully. But uh, once you understand the underlying technology, and it's going to get easier right now, there's a barrier to entry to it. You know, you got to you got to be a little bit technical to learn how to set up a wallet and how to do all these things and to make sure you don't click on the wrong thing. Uh, but that's going to come down, you know, it's going to come down to where it's as easily as swiping the credit card, you know, in, in the coming years. Uh, To where you don't even know what the technology behind it. You don't even know what uh, blockchain is or NFT. You don't care. It's just the final end product is, is what's going to happen. And I think it's a, a great opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's, uh, it's funny because any, any new technology that comes out is always confusing. I remember you, you, you used to have to log in in order to get internet service. Now everybody takes it for granted. You have internet service everywhere. You don't have to log into anything like, you know, you, you have a Wi-Fi password that's it. And, but you, you always have a, you have internet. I remember the days where you had to download your, you know, you had to choose what browser you wanted to get. And so you can get on the internet. Now every phone device has its just automatic and i think at some point i think you're right you know a wallet won't be something you have to go get it'll just come ready to go you just have to fill out a couple things and and uh and then of course you have legislation legislation is going to come in Uh, Just like the internet, uh, the internet in the early days, right? It was a wild, wild west. We called it back then, right? There's no regulation. Technology was moving way faster than regulation. And then you get away with doing a lot of crazy stuff because you didn't know if you could do it or not. Like, can I send a million emails? Is that, is that legal? You know? And, um, now you know you have regulations for certain things there, and then we'll, we're going to have that in this space too, and and it'll clean up. And then you'll see that's when you'll start seeing really big money, uh, institutional money coming into that space. Um, it's already starting now, but you'll really see it coming in, and it'll be good. Good companies building things up. And right now we are going into it's a crypto bloodbath, right? It's it's everything's kind of dumping, but that's when fortunes are made. If you're smart and you look at the right deals, you can pick things up at bargain rates, right? But you got to get into project. You got you got to quit. Be, having that FOMO moment where you're just jumping into garbagey projects because everybody else is doing it when there's, when it really doesn't have a backbone, right? It's, it's like, there's nothing there. There's, there's no substance to the project. So find the good ones. Look at things like, for example, everything's crashing right now, but our price on our bulls and apes project is actually up, right? It's uh it's up from mm-hmm. where, from, pre, from uh, the whitelist. It's up from the, uh, the public sale price. Um, and uh, I think it's going to continue to go up. So while everything is crashing, ours is going up. So it just proves that, you know, you just got to have a really good community. You got to have good systems in place. So tying this
0: back to Helium 10, what's one of the, a couple of the biggest takeaways you took starting Helium 10 and growing it and then exiting it? What's something that's some nugget that's something that you learned or even a mistake you made that you learned from that the audience could could take away from that?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's so many. Um, Man, I, I would say the biggest thing like the first thing that comes to mind, anyways, would be team. I think, right off the bat, if you don't have the right team for what you're doing, uh, and maybe it's just you in the beginning, and that's fine. But if you start bringing it on the wrong people, it's gonna kill you. It's gonna crush you. You gotta get the right people on. And I remember very specifically as we added specific members to our team, and they became the superstar of that particular position and those that are listening know who they are, right? You, you can just, you can see the company expanding and growing and blowing up at that point. And, uh, those were really good moments. And we also remember the times where we had people that just, it was frustrating because we just couldn't get them to, to perform the way we wanted to. And it just stifled everything. It just held everything back. And if you have, if you have a bad apple in your group, it just spoils everything. It spoils it for everybody. Right. So, uh, I would say team is probably one of the biggest things, and I mentioned in the beginning. I think you just have to love what you're doing. You got to you have to have hustle and drive, and you can't do that if you don't love what you're doing. So make sure that you're not uh, you're not doing something you don't like, and uh, and get in there and go, and then try to get in on try to get in getting in early. Kevin helps. <laughs> Let me tell you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I learned that lesson seeing with you guys. I remember those days where I think what was it, Index Checker? We were like. A- yeah. You know, I think you the launched Scribbles and Frankenstein, and you were adding maybe the 5k checker one or two others. what really took off. Yeah, the 5k checker. That's yeah, the 5k checker. And I think it was like two o'clock in the morning one night. You were in California and Me, you and a gig. He was like sitting in a closet in his house because he had a young baby (laughs) and like couldn't wake the baby or something. He's literally sitting in a closet behind the dresses or something, you know? Uh, and we were like checking this thing. Like, we got to make sure this thing works. We got to make sure this works. I remember what, what we do. I think we tore down a listing. I had like a old listing we didn't need. We tore it down and, and put like went to the dictionary and found all the letters that started with Z because we're like, nothing's going to rank on Amazon that starts with a Z. Uh, or and filled it in and we're like, okay, how many of them did it show up? And, uh, yeah. Those, those days were, uh, were crazy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was, uh, a that, that was a lot of
1: fun. There was those epiphanies. Like we, way- we'd see something and you're like, oh my God, like, look, it's working. The results are coming. I'm like this tool. And then it becomes one of those things like, do we want to release this tool? It's like super powerful. You can build million dollar companies off this thing. Um, but yeah, no, we released it right away and people loved it. And that, and that actually, that tool
0: helped put us on the map for sure. And you started it, you know, making stuff that you needed as a seller. So you started as a seller and this is stuff that I need. And then you showed it and you know, man, you've changed a lot of people's lives, you know, mine included, uh, you changed uh, thousands if not tens of thousands of people's lives through the helium 10. And it's gotta be a proud moment when you look back and I know you're not in that space anymore, but it's gotta be something that, that you're proud of. And you you've, you've really, you know, people that are in, in Pakistan that are making, you know, $300 $300 a month as their wage. And now they're using the software that you and Guillermo created to make a thousand or 5,000 or $10,000 a month and change their entire family's lives. It's got to be something that you look back on and, and, and can take a great pride in and, and great honor in, in, in doing Yeah, that.
1: Uh, it, it does. It means so much to us. And we, and we hear it, it even today. It's funny because we'll get on Twitter spaces and uh, somebody will raise their hand. They'll come up and speak and they're like, Hey, Manny, Um, I'm one of the very first people that actually used Helium 10. I remember back when you had scribbles, you know, when it first came out and then they tell us how much it's impacted their life and that they're in a successful place now. And because of that, they're able to come in and become one of our whales in, in, you know, our project now or something like that. So yeah, that, that to me is just awesome. Um, I think, I mean, there's no better feeling than helping people. And, uh, that's what we set out to do with the tools. We try to make it as affordable as possible for everybody and it worked
0: and yeah. Yeah. I'm super happy, and now with the new project, the Bulls and Apes project, you you're sitting back and you know we just had a phone call the other day and you're like, ah, this is so cool. People we never thought they were going to do this, and they're going to do this, and they're forming these groups and these like little clicks, and this is so cool. Uh, so it, it's always cool as a creator to see how people use and enjoy and get get value and entertainment out, out of what you create. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I I hope that uh, people listening. Give us a shot to check it out. Um, I, I think it's one of the, uh, in my opinion, one of the safest projects you can get into, uh, just because of all the safeguards and things that we're doing. But um, yeah, it's fun. It's it's a really good environment. We got an incredible community. We have uh, tens of thousands of people that are, love our project, and we have, like I said, a couple thousand people that actually got into our project and and uh, bought in and own bulls. They're very bullish on our project. I love that, and uh, and you're one of them. So yeah, thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Cool. Thank you. Um, I'm looking forward to what the future brings. And, uh, and Manny, I really appreciate you coming on today and, and sharing some time. And uh, as the first guest of me taking over the AM PM podcast, we brought this back full circle from uh, from when you started. It's an honor for me to actually be sitting in this chair right now, hosting this. And taken from someone who, uh, you know, as, as we used to say, I learned everything I know from you about this space. <laughs> you're my best student. You're my, I, I'm, your, I'm your best student. I'm your best student. <laughs> no, I, I love you, man. You're, you're
1: awesome. And yeah, thank you so much for letting me be the uh, the first guest on the, uh, the new
0: podcast. So yeah, thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Manny. Appreciate you coming on, man. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Kevin. So how cool was that? Manny Coates, the co-founder of Helium 10, the original creator of the AMPM podcast, coming back full circle as a guest on his own podcast in the first episode that I'm hosting. That was really awesome. So make sure you subscribe and, and and hit that download button because we're going to be bringing you some amazing episodes every single week. The next week, we're going to be bringing on Brandon Young. And Brandon and I are going to be talking about everything from ranking to keyword research to getting to page one to judging your competitors. It's going to be a lot of very actionable stuff for sellers of all levels. So make sure you don't miss that episode. And before I go today, you know, a lot of people know me as a guy who delivers nuggets when I speak on stage at different events. A lot of people really like it when I do, you know, 20, uh, fast nuggets or, or people, uh, on the Helium 10 Elite, which is the training that we do for advanced uh, amazon sellers for helium 10 we do a training every month uh, on that one we actually uh, I, I do a seven uh, nuggets every single month where we we deliver some amazing just quick bites of information and so what i want to do on the on the close of each one of these podcasts i'm going to deliver you a little nugget but instead of it being amazon related it's going to be more general business or life or just life related i mean it I often hear different things that are said on TV shows, or read something in a book, and you know that's a just just a nice, good, concise way of saying something. And I take a note of those, and I, I add those to my my notes app on my on my phone. So what I want to do is just share one of those with you at the end of each of these episodes. And so that's what we're going to do right now. So the one that I want to share with you for today, and leave you with this uh, golden nugget, is is this one: Never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Think about that. Never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.